Happy Friday, everyone. This is the Fight HQ podcast as we're here to talk UFC Vegas number 76. Of course, goes down tomorrow inside the UFC Apex. Of course, headlined by Strickland and Magomedov, a main event that's just a very weird fight that got put together. We'll be here for the next hour breaking this one down for you. Of course, as always, I am joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr., who I'm on Instagram yesterday, and are we? do we make a little hairstyle change? <laughs> Yeah, we did. You know, I get bored up here in Connecticut. So uh, I just I went ahead and, and just, you know, shaved it all off. And uh, you should have seen my students faces. The kids were the kids were like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it was hilarious at the gym. Um, but yeah, it's just hair. It'll grow back and uh, sporting the, the massive Habib Nurmagomedov beard and the, uh, the the shaved head looking a little bit like uh, Renat Fakhradinov over here. Yeah, you, you you hope. I mean, look, no one wants to see this head without hair on it because this this big <laughs> dome. Yeah, no one wants to see that. No one wants to see that. You, you and Greg Rabello, basically the same. <laughs> so Greg always talks about you know it, it, the size of his head. So uh, Coach Greg, shout out to you. Please don't shave your head anytime soon. I got a big dome. I got a big dome. I saw I saw Greg went live on IG earlier, but I wasn't checking out. So God knows what that might have been about. But yeah. uh, of course, as always, we appreciate everyone tuning in here for the Fight HQ podcast. And a huge uh, thanks to everyone who's been joining the channel here. Of course, uh, the channel is now monetized. So if you want to send a super chat, you can send us a super chat. And of course, uh, those obviously super chats take priority on questions. And of course, we'll go into Discord to answer any questions in Discord. I know there's already been a ton of questions over in Discord. We'll get to that as well. But uh, you know, Pete, as always, before we start breaking down the fights, talk a little bit about game theory in, in terms of this card. And, you know, look, I, I think that there's one fight I've labeled as I don't know if you can avoid it. And that's actually the first fight of the night. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. The main event, I think price point on DraftKings, I think it's very difficult to get away from that. Maybe on FanDuel, I could see uh, maybe why people would get less on, on that matchup. But then there's some other matchups that I look at like are kind of interesting. I mean, in cash, it's going to be hard for me to get away from Joe Anderson Brito just because I, I love the matchup for him there. But I think there's some other spots uh, of fights that we really have to be circling and saying we need to make these fights priority. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's an interesting card. Um, I, I really like the main event from a DFS aspect. I just think the the five-round nature, um, the quick finishing skills of Maga Madoff, the overall skill set of Sean Strickland and just – his entire um, his entire resume, you, you can get behind a guy like that at a fairly cheap price tag. And then we have some massive favorites, some prospects within the, the UFC and, and fighters that I've been looking forward to their return. So I'm excited to see them go out there regardless of it being a mismatch in certain particular instances. But uh, all in all, I'm expecting a, a pretty high scoring slate. Of course, uh, we got our contest over on DraftKings. Of course, you can click the link in the description of this show to join that contest. Uh, $10 entry free, top three uh, payout in that contest. So be uh, be sure I got that contest up. I've been twinkling with my 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 hand build in terms of that one. And uh, it definitely, to me, hand building, I, you know, Joe Anderson Brito was not the guy I started with. 
but it was more of how do I develop a lineup to get him in there? And I do think that this is a week where when you look at those options underneath 7.4K on DraftKings, I do think there's some very interesting options over there. Plus also, uh, I'm really kind of interested to see where ownership goes on some of these fights because that's going to basically play into, in terms of large field GPPs, exactly what I'm going to do over there. Of course, also we got our Discord channel, totally free to join, great community we have over there at Discord. But Pete, let's get right into the main event. It is Sean Strickland taking on base Mike Medoff. Strickland is a minus 150 betting favorite, uh, plus 125 on the other side. Of course, Strickland, 8500 on DK, $19 on FanDuel. Magomedov is 7700 on DK, $18 on FanDuel, Pete. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard for me not to like this fight from a DFS aspect. I mean, 8500 for Sean Strickland, who's 13-5 and five in the UFC. We have um, more to work with within his, his, uh, you know, his wins. He has some high-profile wins. Abus Magomedov, very dangerous guy, but relatively unproven, if, if you want me to be honest. I mean, he has only 1-0 in the UFC, and that's a quick first-round victory over Dustin Stolzfus. It was absolutely impressive, 19 seconds it took. But, I mean, he's up He's up against Sean Strickland, who, you know, outside of uh, Alex Pereira, he's gone the distance or, you know, dominated against some really, really tough adversaries. And Nasruddin Imovov close fight against Jared Cannonier. We just saw what Jared Cannonier did, you know, uh, a couple weekends ago to Marvin Vittori. So it's really hard for me not to love Sean Strickland here at 8,500. This seems like a, a guy in Magomedov who a lot of people aren't too keen on accepting a matchup with. And Sean Strickland's at the point where he just doesn't care. He wants to stay active as you and I talked about pre-show. Um, but, you know, like Sean Strickland's going to be the play for me at 8,500. I'm not going to be ignoring Abu Samagamadov because of, you know, when he wins, he wins in impressive fashion. And possibly you could touch the chin and hurt and knock out Sean Strickland. But whenever I see a guy who MMA spars all the time, and that seems this this may be like a hot take, but like I I put a lot of stock in MMA sparring. Small glove sparring, I think, translates the best. And it seems like it's kind of, you know, obvious and a lot of guys don't small glove spar as often as they should. And, you know, everybody's doing kickboxing gloves and shin guards, but, you know, the, the range is different. So we definitely need to get behind a guy who's so acclimated and accustomed to small glove sparring in Sean Strickland. And a lot of times his sparring is basically like a damn fight. So I'm going to be backing the 13-5 and five veteran here in the UFC in Sean Strickland. That's just inside the UFC. I, I just love his entire skill set his resume. Um, yeah, give me Strickland here at 8,500, but I'll, I'll get to a lot of both sides. Yeah, when I saw the price tag on this one and, and saw the betting line, my one of my initial thoughts was kind of like, okay, what do the odds makers or what do the betting public see in this matchup that I don't see? Because I think Sean Strickland should be a bigger favorite. And you mentioned about how he loves to spar. Yeah, he'll, he'll spar anybody. You don't have mm-hmm. to be a professional fighter. If you want to be, be a dude off the street wants to come in and spar, he'll spar you. And then he'll ask you how how hard you want him to go. Yeah, I mean, he's a character, right? Like he's that that's the best way to put it. He's a character. Um, you know, no filter, uh, dangerous on the microphone. Yeah, no uh, filter. That's that's a great way to describe Sean Strickland. Company liability, um, mentally unstable, but seems like a great, you know, he he's a great asset to a team, but he seems like he he's very smart too. Like he plays he plays the role a little bit. But, um, you know, as far as like MMA, he's he's pretty intelligent in there. So he knows what he's doing. 
He just seems like that that guy in the gym that all of his training partners know no matter what, Sean Strickland's going to be a practice. Yeah, exactly. I like that. It's con- he's consistent, right? Yeah, uh, I will tell you over on prize picks, I do like one of the props for Sean Strickland. I do like the more than uh, 83 and a half significant strikes just because this is a matchup that I think probably goes three, four, maybe even five rounds. If you tell me this thing gets into the fourth or fifth round, I think Sean Strickland just hammers this number. Um, but, uh, I mean, look, I think he brings great points. You got to look at the underdog in this situation as well. Now, the co-main event may be the fight that uh, I may be the most interested in in terms of this fight card, and that is Grant Dawson and Demir Ismagulov. Ismagulov. Uh, and Dawson, both uh, this is a pick and fight minus one ten on both sides. They're both fifteen dollars on Fanduel. Dawson eight thousand on DK. Ismail Gulov is eighty two hundred. And this is one of those fights that I want to see where ownership goes because if the ownership with Ismail Gulov stays where it's at right now, he's going to be a guy that I will get to much more than the field. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't blame you, right? Like Demir Ismagulov is a guy who, um, for the most most part, the MMA public has been pretty high on. I've always kind of been a little bit beneath that. I, I thought that he's very good. Um, but I, I do think that his upside is somewhat capped. He, he's a pretty damn good striker, never known as a finisher inside the UFC. I mean, hasn't found a finish inside the UFC, has won decisions over Alex Georgis, uh, Joel Alvarez, Tiago Moises, Rafael Alves, and Guram Kutataladze, and that Gruam fight was super close, and I thought he lost it. Um, but he's most recently coming off of it, off a defeat to Armin Sarukian, like the boogeyman for the division. And now he's going up there against Grant Dawson, who has a similar style, but a very, very heavy grappling style, where Sarukian will be okay with striking with you um, and until it's not going in his favor, and then he'll incorporate the takedowns. Uh, he still landed seven takedowns, despite the fact that Demir Ismagulov stuffed 14 of them so i i do think that that is a complete game plan here for grant dawson obviously needs to go out there and utilize his wrestling he's massive for the division um i want to see him attempting 17 15 20 takedowns he has attempted 17 takedowns in the past against jared gordon he scored seven of them that's the type of game plan that's going to win him the fight here against Demiris magulov staying on the outside trying to work on your striking and uh Using this fight to level up your striking, I, I don't think is the recipe for a win. Um, being prepared at American Top Team is huge in my book. I hold Grant Dawson um, in you know in a high tier within the division. I do think at a point he was capped because of his striking deficiencies, but I will say that he's improved drastically down in American Top Team. It was a great move for him, and I do think that he possesses the skills to win rounds. So I'm going to be picking Grant Dawson here at 8,000. But as far as like an ownership play, I can totally get behind Demiris Magulov, who is well-rounded. He absolutely is well-rounded and can win this fight against Grant Dawson if Dawson has a poor game plan. And one of the things of a where you've seen the you talk about the improvements you've seen in Grant Dawson. So it's going down the ATT to me. Cardio is one of the biggest things. And, and by the way, Scott, uh, appreciate the uh, super chat there. Much appreciated. And, but it seems like he has corrected that hole in his game down at American Top Team. And you know, I mean, look, this is a guy. I think I want to say he's been ATT for. I almost feel like it's almost been like a year and a half, maybe two years. He's been down there. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like it's probably about two years now. Um, I remember like it was yesterday. I know you do too. 
Yeah, no, because I remember because I knew how close him and James Krause were. Of course, we all saw what uh, you know happened there, and uh, I'll also appreciate Samuel with the super chat. He wants to he wants to help you out a little bit there, Pete. <laughs> appreciate you guys. Say thank you guys so much. Right, like this is so cool. Jason and I get to go on here and talk about fights. We've been doing it for years, um, and and now that we have a community that really looks forward to our breakdowns and. Um, you know, now it's because of your constant support, the growth of this channel, the discord, everything making this possible. And uh, the sky's the limit. Thanks to you guys. Yeah, it's always crazy. I'm out and about and people are like, yeah, man, I was watching you and Pete show earlier today. I was like, really? Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> when people say that to me, too, I'm like, that's cool. I, I still haven't been like somebody hasn't said anything to me publicly, um, but it's it's outside of like people that I know. I, was, I still like people listen on the podcast platforms and whatnot. It's super cool. And, uh, you know, Jason and I really, really appreciate the support. Yeah, of course, you can watch us here on YouTube. We're also on the audio platforms, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I know we're getting, again, I was looking at the numbers the other day. We're doing pretty well over there on those platforms as well. So, as always, we appreciate everyone tuning in here. But but to me, on this Dawson Immigul uh, uh, 5, I, I kind of lean to Mir. Um, but I think this could be a very good live betting situation, which is something that we've always talked about of sometimes. And but it, I don't mind if you want to go for a crazy prop. Maybe Grant Dawson wins round three. I think is an interesting one. But I do think that this matchup probably does go all fifteen minutes. Next up, we got Michael Morales returning, taking on Max Griffin. Morales is a minus two fifty betting favorite, plus two hundred five for Max Griffin. Nine thousand on DK for Morales. He's twenty dollars on Fanduel. Then over there on DraftKings, seventy two hundred for Griffin and eleven dollars on FanDuel, Pete. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know how the, everybody feels this week, but um, Michael Morales might be the, the 9,000 option I'm going to be completely underweight to. Um, and I'm not, it's not like recency bias. It's not because I'm hating on that Adam Fujit fight so much. I don't like it. I don't like that performance, but he did come back in the third round and end up, you know, putting him away. But like Adam Fujit is a, you know, he's well-rounded, but he's nothing special. And when I see Max Griffin, I see a very well-rounded, underappreciated talent within the welterweight division who's 7-7 seven and seven in the UFC. And whenever somebody sees 7-7, seven and seven, they automatically assume, you know, just journeyman. And, I, you know, Max Griffin, with within that 7-7 seven and seven record, has gained a ton of experience. And experience is something that I am really, really siding with um, more so now than anything, uh, experience inside the UFC against some huge names, big moments. I don't have to worry about these guys underperforming, you know, because of the bright lights or the pressure. I've already seen them be tested inside the toughest organization in mixed martial arts. So I'm going to be picking Max Griffin here. And I do think that he can compete on the feet. Morales is solid on the feet, um, has big power. I think that Max Griffin just knows how to win rounds too. And he's in close fights. So this could be like a split decision defeat. He he does like to, you know, make fights super close and lose them narrowly or win them by small margins. But what he can do is he can pin his opponents against the cage, um, really get some octagon control in there. Uh, whether he's going to be successful with the takedowns is something to be seen. But I, I think, you know, kind of just, clinch fighting against the cage, reversing position, um, you know, try, trying to take away the danger early on and then chip away as the fight goes on. So give me Max Griffin here at 7,200. That's the, uh, that's the 9,000 fighter I'm underway to is Michael Morales. So I'll be siding with the vet and Max Griffin. 
Of course, uh, you know, looking at ownership projections, uh, obviously, Matt Griffin, I think, is going to be a very popular uh, play over there because of his salary over there on FanDuel. Um, you know, I just, my only concern, and and I, I, I'm with you, everything you say there, my only concern about Max Griffin is, in a win, is he going to score enough points? And that that's just my concern about the fancy upside. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you as far as, like, upside. Could he knock him out? Sure. He's knocked out, you know, Song Kanan. That what he hit him with was beautiful. Before that, he got a TK over over Ramiz Brahimai, but that was largely due to the the ear injury. So inside the UFC, we haven't seen him be be a finisher. Uh, Eric Montano, don't even really know who that is. He picked up a first round victory back in 2016. He's going to float within that 70 low 80 point range, but given the price tag, I think it's enough, right? Like a, a win is a win. A decision's great, and sometimes all you need is a decision win. And it allows you to pay up for two high 9,000 options within your lineup. So that's what I'm banking on. That's what I'm hoping on. But if you told me Max Griffin got 100 points or, or close to it, it would absolutely blow my mind. I think it's like a 5% chance of, of that outcome. Now, next matchup is the matchup I really want to hear Pete's thoughts on because I've been looking at this underdog in this spot here for now about the past uh, 24 hours or so, and that is Melissa Gatto taking on Ariel Lipsky. Lipsky is a plus 190 betting underdog, minus 234 Gatto. Gatto, $8,700 on DK, $17 on FanDuel. Lipsky, $7,500 on DK, $13 on FanDuel, Pete. Yeah, I'm going to be siding with Ariana Lipsky here. Um, four and five in the UFC against Melissa Gatto, who's two and one. And Melissa Gatto starting off hot in the UFC. Victory over Toria Leonardo. Uh, finishing Sajar Eubanks with that uh, body kick. Maybe I held Sajar Eubanks in such high regard, a little bit too high uh, on, on my list. And, you know, I was always thinking about the what ifs and how she was so well-rounded that she could have become something that she never really materialized into. Uh, to lose a fight to Tracy Cortez, who's an excellent wrestler, an excellent fighter within the division, um, I just thought that Melissa Gatto would be a little bit more threatening in that fight. So now we have her paired up against Ariana Lipsky, who at one point was, if you look at her record, it's not good at all. But again, I'm going to be siding here with with the, uh, Experience. I mean, she's fought Joanne Calderwood, Molly McCann. Uh, I'm going to go through the list. Uh, Isabel De Padua, Luana Carolina, Antonina Shevchenko, uh, Montana De La Rosa, Mandy Baum, Priscilla Cachuera, and most recently picking up a victory over JJ Aldrich. And uh, leading up into that fight, I was kind of talking to you about you know the changes and how she has been working with uh, Amanda Nunes and that team, that small private gym. And I think it worked wonders for Ariana Lipsky. You don't need to be a part of a massive gym, but you need to be a part of something that is tailored around your skill set and helping you improve in your deficiencies. And I do think that, you know, what they brought to the table in Ariana Lipsky and that fight was on full display. I mean, she she really made JJ Aldrich look terrible. And Aldrich was a massive, massive favorite leading up to that fight. And I'm going to be backing her in this bout as well. So I'm going to be picking Ariana Lipsky to, you know, outpoint Melissa Gatto and route to a victory. Um, but like there is one way to beat Ariana Lipsky and that's just attempt to take her to take down city. And uh, I could it happen. Gatto's attempted six takedowns against uh, Tracy Cortez, who's an excellent wrestler. She landed three of them. You know, she had three minutes of control time. I 
think that if she laced up her wrestling shoes in this bout, she'd probably have a little bit you know, higher numbers. But I'm still going to be backing the development and improvement that I saw from Ariana Lipsky. And it's mainly because of the number. I just don't like Gatto's price tag. I don't like the 8700 mm-hmm. price tag. I don't like the almost minus 250 territory. So I'm going to be siding with the value here in Ariana Lipsky at uh, approaching a two to one underdog, uh, a plus 200 underdog. So give me, give me Lipsky here at 7,500. Yeah, she's one of those fires I have circled this week, not just because of, you know, looking for some underdogs to play here, but also looking at ownership projections and just, you know, there's just not a ton of ownership going her way, but that is uh, definitely somewhere I'm thinking about going in terms of that one and uh, don't really love anything over there on prize picks in terms of this one. Um, I mean, I think if you were going to look at anything, I might look at the Melissa Gatto one and a half takedowns and thinking that, you know, she probably can get two takedowns if if she's going to go in that victory, but not uh, a prize picks play I really love over there. I will tell you, the next fight is something I do like over in prize picks. We'll get that. We'll get Pete's breakdown. Of course, that's Ismail Bonfine taking on St. Denis. St. Denis is a plus 250 betting underdog, minus 320 for Bonfine. Bonfine, 9200 on DK. $21 on FanDuel. And for St. Denis, he's 7000 on DK. $10 on FanDuel, Pete. Do you remember when Benoit St. Denis got his ass kicked by uh, Zaleski Dos Santos? And it wasn't close at all. Like that's that's the replay constantly in my mind when I think of ben, uh, Benoit Saint Denis. Now he rebounded from that really well against Nicholas Stolze, who never um, never really materialized into anything inside the UFC, and Gabriel Miranda. So back to back second round finishes. So he he's you know learned from that experience and improved upon it. The issue here is his striking, and I just I see so many openings for Ishmael Bonfim here. Uh, to let his hands go, to dominate him on the feet. Bonfim is a talented grappler in his own right. Um, Benoit Saint-Denis is going to be pushing a pace. And I think that Ishmael Bonfim is going to you know, accept the pace, match it, and just dominate in all sequences. So I think Bonfim can threaten submission-wise to make Benoit Saint-Denis kind of pause and then get back to you know stand up and then let's trade or at least stuff some takedowns en route to a, a nice finish here. So I'm a big fan of Bonfim. The Bonfim brothers are nasty. I liked what I saw against Terrence McKinney. We do know and we have heard and seen Terrence McKinney's wrestling on full display. He's a great wrestler. Um, he's just a super volatile MMA fighter, right? He goes out there and he's a high upside uh, type of fighter where he can go out there and get quick finishes, but he can also get taken out of there once his cardio expires. And, you know, I, what I saw from Bonfim just kind of, you know, getting better positions than Terrence McKinney and then resulting into uh, a beautiful flying knee knockout. I, I just I like what I see it. You know, the fight film jumps off the tape. Uh, you know, it, it, it just looks great in all areas. So I'm going to be backing him at, at 9200 here. Um, we have some massive, massive favorites on the card. Bonfim's one of them. Um, but you could be looking at everybody's pick and joy and Brito and then. The other 9,000 options are somewhat being underweight. Uh, so I'm going to be going with Bonfim here at 9,200. I don't hate the dog shot on Benoit Saint-Denis because perhaps this is a card where you need a losing fighter. And uh, because of his high takedown potential, um, you know maybe he gets it. But I, I just think that Bonfim makes light work here, dominates him on the feet, and result to uh, a finish inside of two rounds. So give me, give me Bonfim here at 9,200. 
And in terms of prize picks, I do like the more than 15 and a half significant strikes on Bonfine, just because I think this fight goes into the late second, maybe even early third round. By the way, uh, I know we have some people who are just like me who live in the state of Florida, Pete. Um, yep. Big uh, big news on the gambling front here is uh, a big win court by the Seminole Tribe. So it's uh, Arquan Reed and say could be clearing the way for sports betting to be back legal in the state of oh. Florida again. Ooh. Oh, dang. Good for you guys. <laughs> the only thing that was bad about it was they, they when they it was up for like a month, they would not offer prop bets on MMA. Yeah. It was just straight money line. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but good news here in the state of Florida. Apparently, now I'm sure I'm sure there'll be an appeal. <laughs> you know how this thing yeah. goes, but that's a uh, that's a big win for us uh, here in the state of Florida. But I will say this: Bonfine Saint Denis, like if you play at a sports book that has a fight of the night prop, this may not be a bad one to choose. Imagine if they had that. I don't know if they have that. That'd they do. Cool. Yeah, there, there's some. There are some books that do offer fight of the night uh, props. Oh. Dang, I I think I'd be pretty damn good at at targeting those fights. Um, but yeah, this this fight jumps off the page to me. Um, Benoit Saint Denis, one thirty five, one hundred five in both of his wins. He's going to be high owned um, just because of if he wins, he he scores well. But I think that Bone Theme could be a beautiful pivot, as Sam is mentioning uh, in chat. Where if you don't want to spend all your salary, just pivot to Bone Theme. Mm-hmm. I think he could give you a comparable score to Jorinus and Brito. Next up, we've got a fighter that is getting a massive amount of ownership in Bruno Ferreira, who is a minus 220 betting favorite. The underdog here is plus 180. Uh, Ferreira, $8,400 on DK, $17 on FanDuel. And then, of course, that is opponent, $7,800 on DK, $13 on FanDuel, Pete. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like Bruno Ferreira here uh, against uh, Nur Sultan Ruzabov. I I like the the power of Bruno Ferreira. Um, you know, it, that was on full display as he knocked out Gregory Rodriguez uh, in four minutes. And that that's what's dangerous because he could be losing the fight and then one counter shot just completely changes everything. He has that next level power, that death touch about him. Um, but also regionally, if you go back and you watch his tape, like he's a very powerful takedown artist as well. And he can land takedowns. He's a good jiu-jitsu player as well. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. I don't worry about him you know, in such scrambles, uh, he's very, very powerful and strong. So whether he muscles out of certain positions, he kind of does, but he knows what he's doing. And he's a jiu-jitsu guy who just throws bombs too. So he'll get a good position and he'll start hammer fisting away and route to a quick finish. Um, so I, I like him here. And I think it's the price tag. There's just so many unknowns about Nursultan Ruzaboa for me that I get the respect but I also just don't trust in, you know, the sample that I've seen. You know what I mean? So I, I want to see him in the UFC against uh, Bruno Ferreira. I'm going to take a wait and see approach to this. Um, Bruno's just, I, I have watched tape and I know guys that he's beating. And um, I just, I, I really like him here at 8,400. I think the entire field's going to like him and it's a price tag thing. So can't blame you. I like Ferreira, but if Nursultan Ruzabov is going like single digits, he is he is dangerous. But his hands are low, equivalent to Bruno Ferreira. Um, I'm just expecting Ferreira to land one of these shots and uh, the debut to be a little too much for Ruzabov. 
Could be, I would say, uh, Bruno Ferreira over on FanDuel, I think, is an interesting MVP spot if you want to kind of get away, especially from that main event. It's someone where I would t- uh, be looking to go there. Next up, we got uh, not taking on the returning Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee is a plus 170 betting underdog, minus 200 for Hanat. Hanat, 8800 on DK, $16 on FanDuel. Lee, 7400 on DK, 14 on FanDuel, Pete. You know how close I was to picking Kevin Lee? I'm so close to picking Kevin Lee here, but then... Like, and I'm leaning on experience, obviously. He's 11-7 inside the UFC. Um, smaller welterweight, but still, you know, he's good size. Um, you know, he's training out of Kilcliffe FC, so I really like that. I like the bodies there. He's working a lot with Gilbert Burns. That's excellent. He's a true dominant welterweight. But what I don't like is his previous performance against Diego Sanchez, and you and I were talking, it's just like, Man, Diego is just, he's so not UFC caliber at this moment. And I thought Kevin Lee looked pretty poor. Um, and against a guy in Renat Fakhradinov, who is a prospect within the UFC and within the welterweight division, nobody wants to fight him. Um, you know, Renat is super dangerous. And what he possesses is a ri- ridiculous pace. High takedowns, high ground and pound, throws bombs. Um, has cross trained, was at American top team a little bit. I did see now he's at evolve MMA. So it's just like, he's, he seems like he's ready no matter where he is inside the, you know, on the world. So it's like, he's, he's training constantly. The one issue is on relative short notice is his cardio up to par to match his typical fighting style. Because if it's not, if his cardio is not there, this step up a competition could result in a failure. This could be a learning experience for Renat Fakhradinov. If he had a full camp and I knew that he was completely in shape, I think that it's an easy Renat Fakhradinov call. But because of the uncertainties that that lie here and the massive price tag and everybody just thinking that Renat's going to walk over Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee's difficult to hold down, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know... He can get taken down, but he's going to work back up. That can work two ways. That can either boost Renat Fakhradinov's takedown totals, and we could see him break the entire slate, or it could result in Kevin Lee, um, you know, scrambling out of positions, getting up, and then kind of picking apart Renat Fakhradinov on the feet. I am more interested in the underdog than probably the public, Mm -hmm. but I love this fight. I think that this is going to be a ridiculous fight. I have a feeling that Renat Fakhradinov is just going to take down Kevin Lee and bring him to takedown city. And uh, despite being prepared, I do think that the um, the get-up ability, the stand-up ability of Kevin Lee is going to result in higher takedown numbers for Renat Fakhradinov. Less, less control, more takedown numbers. So I'm okay with that. It's a lean towards Renat Fakhradinov, but man, UFC experience is unmatched. And 11-7... and seven, this could be a buy low spot on Kevin Lee, and I'm going to be having more than the public. Of course, uh, you know, having the comments talking about, you know, Kevin Lee first fight since those knees, knee surgery that he did have. And I mean, look, my concern with Kevin Lee is just not being, not having the body frame to go up against, you know, these 170ers in the UFC. I mean, he's just, he's a small, he's a, he's a big 55er that just cutting down the 55 is not the most ideal thing at this point in his career. And, and that just to me is a concern in there. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about taking an underdog shot, I don't mind getting to Kevin Lee uh, in this spot here as 
it well. Um, and over on prize picks, I, I think this thing's going 15 minutes, Pete. That's why I like the over 14 and three quarters fight time at Hanat, just because I think this thing's going to go 15 minutes. Next up, we got the biggest betting favorite on the card. And when we say biggest betting favorite, it is by a mile. Joe Anderson Brito, a minus 1,400 betting favorite, taking on Weston Wilson, who's plus eight plus 800. Brito, 9600 on DK, $23 on FanDuel. Wilson is 6600 on DK and $8 on FanDuel. I'll tell you, I've, uh, I've interviewed Weston Wilson countless times, Pete. This is a guy that uh, he's in the IT field. So he's been kind of around the country training at various gyms. Uh, when I first met him, I want to say he was training in Dallas. Then he was in Utah. Then he was in California. His black belt in uh, jiu-jitsu is under uh, Giva Santana. So if, I think for the, the OGs of sport, they know who the arm collector is. And now he's over uh, with the uh, Wonder Boy team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he has an interesting style for sure. Weston Wilson, um, he's pretty damn big for the division, to be honest. Uh but this is a massive, massive step up in, in, in competition. And, and basically what it is, it's an opportunity inside the UFC. Go out there and try to look somewhat competitive early despite what his fate probably is. And it's probably a, a first-round defeat to Joe Anderson Brito, who's going to be an absolute monster. I really like Brito. I think everybody likes Brito. You know, obviously Vegas, everybody's behind him here. He has exceptional high upside. Uh, first round victory over Lucas Alexander, first round submission, um, took him down twice, submitted him, didn't really throw much, scored 104, was priced at 9,400. That is the one fear that, you know, Jorinus and Brito here at 9,600 can win just beyond the quick win bonus and too fast to accrue more points. Um, you know, the first round victory over Andre Feely, he, he, you know, knocked him out in 41 seconds and scored 130 fantasy points. So that is more like it. That's what we like to see at 9,600. Um, if Weston Wilson can possibly get to his feet more, we could see more takedowns for Joe Anderson Brito. Um, or maybe Weston Wilson gets knocked down several times. You can never really predict knockdowns in MMA. Um, especially when, when, you know, you're, you're trying to justify a price tag. At 9,600, I think that he's a fantastic play. It's probably the easiest pick on the entire slate where it's just like take the 100 points and move on. Who cares about that extra couple? Mm -hmm. Because if you have all the combinations of it, it shouldn't matter. But as far as just like other 9,000 options out there, it's not a week where where we are limited with beautiful 9,000 options. We have nice ones. So I'm okay with pivoting off of Joe Anderson Brito, but for the most part, He's, he's the number one pick in your lineups. Start there. Get different elsewhere. Um, expecting a high, high, you know, performance. Weston Wilson, the only thing I saw on tape that I thought could be interesting in this fight against Joe Anderson Brito is the elusiveness that he has could lead to a longer fight than most people are expecting. Um, his length, same thing. Um, and also that straight left hand. So Weston Wilson having a very dangerous straight left hand could possibly land on Brito. I mean... Upsets happen all the time. I'm going to probably just put Weston Wilson in a few within a 150 just because it is MMA. But for the most part, I'm expecting Joannis and Brito to get inside of that reach and make quick work of Weston Wilson. 
Yeah, I mean, the only concern you have on Weston Wilson, or I should say two concerns, is, is the first concern is is the, the strength of competition in his victories versus the strength of competition in his losses. Also, not really a great look when you, you know, his last loss was a knockout loss to Teruto Ishihara. Um, you know, in, in terms of cash, I'll be all over uh, Joe Anderson Brito in terms of this one. Um, you know, and then you know, when it comes to, to large fields GPPs, for me, it'll just be, you know, just trying to figure out a balance of how much do I think is too much for Joe Anderson Brito in terms of what the rest of my lineup is going to be when I've got a 9,600 fighter in it. Next up, we got a female matchup. We got Carol Hosa taking on Yana Santos. Yana Santos plus 145 betting underdog, minus 170 for Hosa. Hosa A600 on DK, $16 on FanDuel. And then Santos is 7,600 DK, $14 on FanDuel. And this is at Featherweight. Yeah, you know, this is an interesting fight. Um, Carol Hosa on paper looks to be the you know, higher volume fighter, the better overall mixed martial artist in 2023. Um, but I, I do view her as somewhat untrustworthy still. I mean, like Norma Dumont's a very talented fighter. She most recently lost to Norma Dumont, uh, scored 51 in the loss. So she picked up a knockdown, which was great. Um, 51 fantasy points in a loss is pretty damn good. So um, I, I'm, I'm a little worried that Carol Hosa could go out there and, and just – you know, manage Yana Santos everywhere. But the one thing about Yana Santos is that she's fought top tier competition too. Outside of Norma Dumont, I mean, Carol Hosa's fought Lena Landsberg, Betch Cohea, Jocelyn Edwards, Laura Procopio, Vanessa Mello, Sarah McMahon. Um, and we saw what happened against Sarah McMahon. So what what I like to say, and, and you know, this week is all about siding with experience. I'm going to be siding with Yana Santos, training out of American top team. I like how these big gyms prepare their fighters strategically and physically. So I'm going to be backing Yana Santos in a close fight. If it's a close fight, I'm going to be leaning towards the experience and the stronger gym. I think that it's similar to the Max Griffin fight as an underdog who can control their opponent against the cage, have controlled minutes, um, dictate where the fight's going, and make rounds close. Will they necessarily win? No, but at their number, I'm willing to take a shot. So at almost a plus 150 underdog, I'm going to be siding with Yana Santos here. If it's on the outside, I think she just gets out-volumed. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be picking Yana Santos. I think she's going to be a little bit more physical than Carol Hosa in the clinch. Yeah, I'm looking at that Carol Hosa one-and-a-half takedowns prop over there on Price Picks, and I kind of like the more over there on that one. So we'll see how that one right. does play out there. Then we got uh, our another big betting favorite here on this on Gorom, a minus six fifty betting favorite against Brenner, who's plus four seventy five. Gorom nine four hundred on DK, twenty two dollars on Fanduel, and Brenner is sixty eight hundred on DK, nine dollars on Fanduel. And this is, I think, is another potential if you want to get off of Joe Anderson Brito. I think this is another uh, option to look at here, Pete. Yeah, I love Guram Kutataladze. I love him a lot. I, I think that he's fantastic fighter for the lightweight division. Um, you know, he's just – he's really, really good. We saw him in his debut against Matos Gamrot, then took a couple years off, and then most recently fought Demiris Mugulov, and that was a split decision defeat, but I thought he won that. Um, you know, he's very, very good. In that fight, what I thought was interesting is he was attempting takedowns. He attempted seven takedowns landed only one. Demir is a very, very talented, well-rounded mixed martial artist. Um, Guram, for the most part, gets his work done on the feet and is just slicker than everybody kickboxing-wise. But all this work over the years with Hamzat Shemaev and his entire team has really 
you know, honed his jujitsu skills and his grappling skills. Most recently I was checking out their training footage and he's training with my boy Hamza Shemaev. And, uh, I know that Hamza isn't going hundred percent in these grappling sit- situations and scrambles, but Guram is good at grappling. He is good. He's reversing. He's, he's preventing, he's countering, he's attacking. I really like it, not just from a jiu-jitsu stand, uh, standpoint, but also from a, a wrestling and counter-wrestling standpoint. I think he's just he has Elvis Brenner everywhere in this matchup. Brenner really shocked everybody picking up a split decision over a low-volume cardio liability in Zubaira Tukagov, picking up 60 points, priced at 6,600. Uh, Guram was supposed to fight a couple weekends ago um, and, and pulled out, but according to his social media, that was due to visa issues. So I, I, that makes me feel really happy that it wasn't an injury or it wasn't injury related. Um, so yeah, I love Guram Kutataladze here. He seems super prepared for this matchup against Elvis Brenner, a beautiful pivot from Joe Anderson Brito who could win in dominate dominant fashion, but not score enough. Mm-hmm. Guram looks like he could possibly go out there and put together an outlier performance. One we haven't seen because inside the UFC, it's been 56 points and 37 points. So I can see why people are like, yeah, I'm going to get off of this Guram Kutataladze mm-hmm. play at 9,400. But I'm I'm thinking the opposite. I want to get Guram Kutataladze in my lineups because I truly believe in the skill set. I believe in Joannis and Brito's skill set. I believe in Guram's, and it's just a, a small difference in price. So I'm going to be back in Guram here heavily at 9400. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I look at this. It's to me, it's about the matchup here, and I think this is potentially one of those guys that uh, could potentially be one of the highest scores of this weekend. Next up, we got a matchup that is potentially the fight of the week that offers the leverage spot because of uh, the ownership on both sides. I mean, maybe you're not going to feel confident about it, but I'm just saying, as we look at as we sit here on a Friday afternoon, that's where we sit at here. A female matchup between Ivana and Carolina. Ivana minus 225 betting fair, plus 185 for Carolina. Ivana's 8900 on DK, 7300 for Carolina, and then 18-12 and 12 respectively on FanDuel, Pete. Yeah, I mean, I sound like a broken record, and um, I'm going to be siding with Lana, uh, Luana Carolina here. Underdog shot, 3-3 three and three in the UFC, six fights in the, the the biggest organization in mixed martial arts compared to Ivana Petrovich looking to debut against, you know, a a tough fighter, but, but nothing special. So we'll see if Petrovich is legitimate or not. I just don't like the price tag. 8,900, super, super rich. Um, approaching minus two fifty territory, it's it's way too much for me. We can get uh, Luana Carolina here at plus one eighty. Um, she's fought the likes of Priscilla Cachoeira, Ariana Lipsky, Poliana Botelio, Lupi Godinez, Molly McCann, Joanne Calderwood. I mean, staples within the division, and at some point, and at certain certain points, she's actually done well. She's defended takedowns well. She's thrown at high volume. She was knocked out in spectacular fashion against Molly McCann. Yes. She was submitted with a knee bar against Ariana Lipsky. Yes. Uh, Lupi Godinez, I thought was going to ragdoll her into like takedown city, you know, like the, the highest takedown city numbers we've ever seen. And, you know, what did Luana Carolina do? She stuffed 13 takedown attempts. So if we see Petrovic go out here and attempt takedowns, I think it's going to be harder to come by than, uh, than what Petrovic may be anticipating. Uh, on the feet, Luana is very long. She throws combinations. Sometimes it's just her output and accuracy. So I think the bright light's going to be a little bit too much for Ivana Petrovic. It's a numbers play. I like the underdog here at 7,300. 
um, siding with the vet or slight vet in uh, Luana Carolina. You loving the female underdogs this week? I mean, look, and it's not a bad thought process to have. I think when you're looking at underdogs, they do, typically do come in in female matchups. Now we got our opening fight of the night. This is a fight that I've been waiting to talk to Pete about. Is Alexander Romanov taking on Blagoy? Even off Romanov, a minus one thirty five betting favorite, plus one fifteen for Blagoy. Blagoy seventy nine hundred on DK, fifteen dollars on Fanduel, and Romanov eighty three hundred on DK, sixteen dollars on Fanduel. I know there was a, a comment earlier on in the chat asking if you're uh, still on the Romanoff fanboy fan club, but like th- this is the one thing when I was looking at Romanoff this weekend. I mean, obviously we can talk about the, the physical, uh, the way he looked on the scale, but like as time has gone on, like I don't know who his best UFC win. It might be Marcus Rogério de Lima. Yeah, it, it is. And what the hell is going on with my boy? This seems like to me, right, a guy that was so accustomed to winning that losing might have broken him it really might have broken him because i don't know what's going on like outside the ufc you can get away with just being a a fat flubby heavyweight but if you don't have you if you're going to be a fat flubby heavyweight you need to have cardio you can mm-hmm. still be a fat man in the division and and like just still be decent at cardio he's a round one guy and it's nothing else marcin tybora just took all of the hype from Alexander Romanov. Um, you know, I picked Alexander Volkov against Romanov because I know what Volkov can do to people. And it looked like Romanov attempted those takedowns and then gave up, you know, five takedowns he attempted. Cardi was out and then, you know, Volkov just pieced him up and route to a first round finish. Now, this is the tricky part because I was hoping Romanov got a little kick in the butt and then made some adjustments and changes within his camp, within his, uh, personal life and started to come in shredded again as he did in several of his fights like when he was a minus 2000 favorite over chase sherman like looking good leading up to a fight and then i see him step on a scale and the guy who used to be in the 230 range in his best that best time in the ufc is now you know barely making heavyweight division it's just like you can be a big heavyweight but at least look good he looks similar to his past two performances, and it's like, oh, my God. Now, on the flip side, we got Blagoy Ivanov, a guy who is old as hell, um, hasn't picked up a, a finish inside the UFC, but because of the volatility of Romanov, I'm intrigued with Blagoy Ivanov here as, as possibly you know, hurting Romanov as the fight goes on or um, you know, just walking into a finish because of Romanov's like quitting tendency it seems like now uh it almost seems like romanov was a bully all these years and you know once a bully gets humbled that they, they they don't know what to do mentally i hope i'm wrong because you guys know i love my boy romanov but i just don't like his career choices and what the hell's going on and now if blagoy ivanov was training consistently out of extreme couture i'm picking blagoy ivanov the this could be close because romanov could finally rebound pick up a a decision um, over Blagoy Ivanov. I don't foresee him finishing Blagoy because Blagoy is very, very tough to finish and put away. Mm-hmm. But what Marcin Tybora did um, was a little late against Blagoy Ivanov. If he incorporated grappling early, I think it would have been a very dominant performance and possibly could have submitted him. But um, yeah, man, this is tough, right? Like, I want to back the grappling skills out of Romanov, mm-hmm. but I'm also just so nervous that he's just going to go out there and quit. 
I'm going to say a Blagoy even off decision. That's what I'm going to do, Jason. I'm going to say that. And you know, like for, for DFS, I'm going to be overexposed to both sides. But I just can't trust my boy anymore. I, I think that he's got like one round cardio, and that is it. Yeah, I was uh, mentioning when I did my podcast earlier on this week. Well, that's an interesting message I just got. I don't know. Respond to that after the show. Uh, was a Bagoy wins round three prop. Mm-hmm. What's it at? Plus 200,000? Oh, let's see here. Well, plus, if he wins via submission round three, that's plus 4,000. I'm just looking for a straight up wins round three prop. I love playing those, by the way. Um, because, I mean, look, I, I don't think you can. Even off uh, wins round three plus nineteen hundred, I just don't think you can trust the cardio uh, of of Romanov and Blagoy is a guy who's not been finished since twenty fourteen, and that was back in Bellator. So I mean, this is a durable guy. I mean, of course, I mean, look, who, who knows what happens? But like one of the things I wrote about this fight is like, can you avoid it? And I, I feel like if you're going to play it, you're most likely going to play the Romanoff side with the, the fancy score upside, or maybe he does get him out within a round, but don't have okay, a lot of faith in it. Dude, his forearm choke is bogus. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he'll he take people down. It's not like a legitimate move. It's not like he's doing an Ezekiel choke. He's literally just getting people in half guard or side control and grabbing onto their trap and putting his forearm in their throat, tripoding and turning his shoulder into them, that's that's so low level. Like, that is not going to work against a veteran and will go even off, or it shouldn't. If that works, it is just they've proven that how volatile that division is in low-level heavyweights, and I consider Blagoy low-level heavyweight, even though he's, you know, he's a tough out. It's just super volatile. I'm going to lean with the dog. Of course, uh, if you got any questions, if you want to throw in a super chat, your, your question will go to the top of the queue. Of course, also, we'll take questions that have already come in from Discord. Let's get into our straight-up fight picks. Main event, uh, I'm going with Strickland. Strickland. Uh, the co-main event, man, I, I keep going back and forth on this one. I'm going to go Demir, but don't feel great about it. Okay, I respect that. I'm going Grant Dawson. I'll go Morales. Going Max Griffin. Give me uh, underdog number one in Lipsky. Lipsky. I like uh, underdogs this week, I guess. Gonna go Bonfim. Bonfim. Uh Ferreira. Yep, Ferreira. Another one I keep going back and forth on. I'm gonna go Hanat. Yeah, Hanat lean for me. Uh Brito. Brito. Give me Hosa. Yana Santos for me. Uh I'll go with another uh favorite here in Gorum. Yep. Gorum Katatalaza for me. Um you were really selling me on Carolina, but I'm still going to say Ivana. Okay, I'm going Luana. And I'm going to go, give me another dog in, in, in Blagoy. Blagoy as well. And uh, did we skip the Bonfim Benoit Saint Denis? Because I'm going Bonfim. Oh, Bonfim. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> did not do that on, on uh, purpose here. Uh, get into uh, some uh, questions that came in on Discord earlier today. Kind of scroll up the uh, the channel up here a little bit here. Uh, favorite prize picks plays: uh, Sean Strickland uh, over a three and a half significant strikes, uh, over 15 and a half significant strikes on Bomfine, 
over 14 and three quarters fight time minutes on a not uh, under one and a half takedowns on Brito because I think he may only need one. Um, and then um, the next, the only other one that I'm really kind of in would be Hosa over one and a half takedowns in terms of there. Uh, I just want to say that Jason's prize fix plays are disgusting. He's so good. He's so good. You, you got I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. The key. The key is uh, even though when I was on my prize picks, I saw I have a promo for a free six. Uh, Parlay, so I'm about to come with the sixth one, which I mean, look, it's hard enough to hit five in MMA. That's why I tell you, do two or three in MMA. That is the way to be. I, I know we all love chasing the money. We all love getting these big GPPs. Sometimes you just got to take the, the easy route. Got to take the easy route. Get those two, three uh, parlays in there. Uh, value plays under 8K on DraftKings, fair MVP on FanDuel, cheap plays on FanDuel. Uh, value plays uh, for me on DK. Um, I look at uh, Kevin Lee. And uh, I think uh, Max Griffin's another one. That's a, a value play. I got so many this week. Like, I really do. I mean, I like Dawson at 8,000, but they said under 8,000. I'm going to go with Griffin, Carolina, Lipsky, Santos, and Ivanov. I know that's a lot, but, like, I, I'm serious. I, I think that the dogs are going to make fights super close. Even if they don't win, I think that it's going to – it's going to be smart to be overexposed to those fighters. In terms of a favorite MVP on FanDuel, um, you know, I do like Sean Strickland, but I mean, he's going to be have high ownership over there. I think Bruno Ferreira is a, is a guy that I'm really looking at as an MVP on FanDuel. Yeah, I like Ferreira a lot. I think that he's just very affordable across all platforms. In terms of cheap plays over there on FanDuel, um, I think you got to look at someone like a Max Griffin at eleven dollars as as a, a cheap play, but I think he's, his ownership is going to be up there. Uh, Carolina at twelve dollars, I think, is another interesting one. That's a value. I like Carolina. I I, yeah. I do. Uh, favorite cash plays this week. Uh, Joe Anderson Brito is my favorite cash play this week. I mean, cash I get it's, it's I get it's easy to sit there and say. The, the you know the guy that's the highest salary, but I, he's the guy with the most confidence in. But that's how you got to play cash, like yeah. no brainers. You got to play cash as no brainers, and he's the biggest no brainer there. Uh, Samuel, appreciate your super chat. He says uh, the best captain plays on the captain slate. Let me pull up the captain slate here. Yeah, me too. Bruno Ferreira. I'm, I'm guessing that would be a nice little captain spot there. Do, 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 do. I mean, I, I mean, Sean Strickland because of volume, I think is is another interesting one. Uh, let's see, captain contest. Yeah, I can't pull it up. Well, uh, let's see here. Um, looking at the captain, so Jordan uh, Brito fourteen four, Bonfine thirteen five. Um, if you want to go down, Strickland twelve thousand. Uh, Bruno Ferreira is eleven thousand four hundred. Um, I mean, look, if Strickland goes all five rounds, I mean, he could. He, his last fight um, against Ivanov, uh, Amovov, excuse me, he landed 182 significant strikes, scoring 117 points. So, to me, if you think that thing's going to go five rounds, but Bruno, I think, is another one that, to me, really sticks out in that captain contest. But, Samuel, appreciate you there in the super chat. I get some other questions over from Discord. Uh, favorite core place. Uh, is there a mini max number on them? Um, 
generally I try to get to like two core plays a week, maybe three. I mean, this week, I mean, look, I, I love Joe Anderson Brito, but you know, in terms of large field GPPs, that just comes down to it. I, I do like Bruno at 8,400. Um, I'd probably say like my three core plays this week would be Joe Anderson Brito, Bruno Ferreira, and Sean Strickland. I don't hate that at all. Um, I think that's a great core to be honest. I mean, I think that Bruno is really hard to get away from. Sean Strickland's really hard to get away from for me as well. Then it comes down to any 9,000 option outside of Michael Morales. Bonfim, Kutata, Ladze, and Brito. comes down to how much salary you need. You know, if you need a lot of salary, pivot off of Brito. If you have plenty of it, take the quick, easy win in Brito. So uh, I'm with you. I think, Strick- I think Strickland forever is, you know, great. I also think targeting that 8,000, 8,200 fight is usually the easiest path to building a core. And that'd be Grant Dawson for me. I know it'd be Demir for you, but uh, that fight just allows a lot of roster flexibility. And it still is a high upside fight, in my opinion. Favorite inside the distance fights. Um, You know, the, the Bruno fight sticks out to me as an inside distance. Burrito Wilson would be another one. Um, and and Bonfine Saint Denis, I think, is another one for me. Yeah, I'm with you with the Bonfine Saint Denis. Um, I am with you with the Brito and Wilson fight. I think that there's going to be in the Ferreira Ruzabola fight, and I think there's going to be. I th- I really like Guram's inside the distance. I, I think it's probably going to be at a, a generous number. Uh, favorite top punt play. Um, I'm going to go with Ariana Lipsky. Favorite punt play. No, she's 7,500. I mean, if you wanted to go lower than 7,500, if you're trying to get below, like say 73 and below Carolina. Yeah, I just, I'm going to go Carolina as my favorite because I just don't believe in her opponent. Um, Max Griffin's very, very similar there, but. I do believe that Michael Morales is skilled. I think that Griffin can win, but I think that, you know, I, I think that Luana is in a much easier matchup. So I'll be going Luana Carolina as the, the complete dart throw. Uh, top leverage plays. Uh, to me, as we sit with where ownership's at, uh, Demir Lipsky. And Blagoy. That'd be, that'd be my top three in terms of leverage. I like it. And I want to see an ownership update because if this is, if what we're seeing is true, you know, Ruzabov is a massive, massive leverage opportunity as well. You know what I mean? So we'll, we'll see, but I'm with you. I think that Lipsky and Ivanov are probably the most logical and correct underappreciated athletes out there. Uh, highest odd fights with higher chance to win by decision. So the way I take that question is fights I think are going to go to decision. Anat Lee is one of those. Uh, I would guess Hosta Santos probably goes to decision. Ivana Carolina probably goes to decision. Griffin uh, Dawson Ismagulov would be another one. I think Griffin Morales too, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then Sam's uh, number is six and a half. Sam, I-, I think you got a good number this week, man, but give me under. Ooh, I'm going more. You got 12 fights, bro. I mean, there, there's so, I mean, there are some fights with high. I mean, oh, let me see one. I also think like there's so, uh, if there's one thing about Abus Magomedov 
to kind of touch on real quick. Mm-hmm. It's just that unknown factor and unknown quality about him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he could go out there and shock a lot of people, including me, including you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to ignore him, but I, I think the number's really good, Sam. I'm still going to say more, but I, I can see why Jason's saying less. Uh, highest upside for takedowns. Joannison Brito, uh, Renat Fakhradinov, just because of Kevin Lee's skill to get back to his feet. Um, Romanov. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, Melissa Gatto is kind of like a mm-hmm. a really interesting yeah. one, even though I'm picking Ariana Lipsky. She has attempted five-plus takedowns in two fights. Um Maybe Guram, right? Like Guram going out there, just training with Hamza so much. He, I think he just beats Brenner wherever the hell he wants. Uh, next up, uh, ranked the 9K options, and who are the best leverage plays? Uh, Brito, to me, is number one in terms of that. Um, and then I think it's like a, a 2A, 2B situation with Guram and Bonfine, and then I would put Morales at four. Yeah, Morales is my least favorite 9,000 fighter out there, and Maybe it hurts me this week, and if you just went out there and you were more aggressive than Michael Morales, you could actually set yourself up pretty well. Um, I hate him the most, I have to tell you. I I know that Max Griffin has quit at times, and he's super inconsistent, but I just like the other three 9,000 fighters significantly more than uh, Michael Morales. Yeah, I mean, and Gorham to me would be the leverage spot in those nine K options. Just to, yeah. and obviously that's that's where you have to use ownership. And you know, I, I've talked about this for the past couple of weeks of if, when you're looking at those ownership projections and looking at the fight that's just not getting a a a decent number of total ownership on both sides. So like, if you get in a situation and and just say both fires are need twenty percent, that to me is a fight that you got to kind of circle and say, okay, in large field GPPs, what is the fantasy score upside? That that's a big part of my thought process when when i'm putting my my lines for for you know large field gpps yeah i absolutely respect it i mean it was working really well for zach palga owners four Mm -hmm. weeks ago three weeks ago and then he got screwed on the decision um and then i guess modestus bukowskis and you know targeting that fight yes a, a finish didn't happen but like it was still a pretty damn good score you know considering his uh his salary yeah uh, and of course uh, you know last week's car i did not watch live i watched it after the fact the josh emmett corner what fight were they watching pete why would they say i mean obviously they're cheering their guy up and they're like you're in this you're in this you're, you're gonna take it from like bro you're down four rounds to nothing and mm. we got multiple 10 eight rounds like your dude almost got finished he got 10 yeah. seven i know that's that's rare yeah Super rare. I mean, Taporia is a Taporia is a monster. He Dude, really okay. is. Hey, you remember when they were talking about putting Taporia against Patty Pimblett? Good thing that did not happen. That, that would have been a murder on television. Yeah, there there goes a uh, there goes a um, a I don't like calling Patty Pimblett a superstar, but like a super high profile MMA fighter. You know what I mean? A guy with a massive following. Massive following, but from a fight aspect, you see the liabilities yeah. in the game. One hundred percent. You know, I mean, look, they're they're v, the UFC and Patty's management is being very careful in how they match him up. 
I mean, it's it's very obvious. But, of course, we got our DraftKings contest. As of course, that's in the uh, the description of this show. Be sure to join that. Of course, we also got our score channel. Of course, I appreciate everyone tuning in here for the Fight HQ podcast. Of course, if you want to check it out on the audio platforms, it's there as well. I'll get that up here a little bit after the show. Pete, anything else you want to leave our listeners with? No, I mean, uh, for me, my my thinking this week is residing with experience and um strong gyms so that that's that's kind of where i'm leaning towards my roster construction and uh i like some of the lineups that i'm creating right now so i'm I'm excited to see excited to talk with you guys in the in the discord and uh thank you guys so much for tuning in helping us monetize the channel um and uh we'll be back next week and uh can't wait for you next week is next week the Yair uh, yeah. Volkanovski fight? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Volk's already in Vegas. Oh, what a damn good fight. Yeah, that's that should be a good one. Looking forward to that. Hopefully everyone has a great uh, 4th of July weekend. I'm taking a couple days off, so I'm going to yeah. have some fun. I'm going to have some fun. I I closed the gym on Tuesday, so um, that's my kids' class night anyway. So I have a day off, and this I have this weekend and, and Tuesday off. So that's enough for me, but uh, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, going out and enjoying life. Enjoying life. That's that's what that'd be about the best way, you know. If, if you don't hear from me for a couple hours, that's probably because well, I'm just having too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so we appreciate everyone tuning in for this episode of Fight HQ. We will be back next week to get you ready for the Yair Rodriguez and Alexander Volkanovsky pay per view. 